Welcome to the Fellowship College Podcast. It's Valentine's Day, but not for you. Well, in the crazy multiverse that is podcast recording, we record on a certain day and you listen on a certain day, but those days are not the same day. And so today as we're recording, it's Valentine's Day, but almost with certainty when you listen to this, it will not be. And so what are y'all's Valentine's plans today? Mm. Katie and I are going to have a wonderful dinner tonight. Um, involving some of her favorite foods. And I gave her a card this morning. Good. There's a gift and flowers coming later today. What, what <laughs> gift? Sweet. Uh, oh, yeah, I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> this is great, that, which is great about the multiverse of we podcast are, Yeah, we've been wanting a mirror in our bedroom, and she has really loved this, like, full-length gold arched mirror. Wow. Yep. Yep. So we got we got one. We found one. But that's coming in. That's exciting. Nice. Mm-hmm. Where'd you get it at? Home Goods? No, but Home Goods is pretty dope. I w- okay, my experience with Home Goods, I've only been once, and it was just a couple months ago. I walk in, immediately overwhelmed and slightly yep. anxious. Yep. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. These are the types of stores that I usually hate, to be frank. However, going in with purpose, and I was like, okay. Yeah. I know we're looking for certain things and so that's going to give us some guidance and we scoured through everything and at the end of it I was like, man, you can find anything in here. Mm. And so I wouldn't want to go in wandering around. That would make me anxious, I think. But going in like on a hunt man, and it's great when you do that. That's so good. I'm sure there's some sort of like sermon illustration mm. there, but oh. but yes, going well. in going in with purpose for makes sure. makes all the difference. I bet that Sunday night that would probably hit with over half of our audience, not the guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They'll, they'll be like, what is home? Like, what is, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, yeah. Um, my boyfriend is in Florida, so. Shout out, Will. What's up? Yep, yep, there he is. I don't know uh, if you wanted the name out there, but I just said That's it. okay. <laughs> um, name nowhere. <laughs> so uh, there will probably be a FaceTime at some point. Uh, he sent me a letter. That was really sweet. That is sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, I'm going shopping with some friends. Nice. What are you going shopping for? Jeans. Jeans. American. What's your Eagle. brand? Yeah. Yeah. American Eagle has been. You true. like American Eagle? They, they've nice. been good to me. Yeah. Not Australian. Love it. Yeah. Love it. We we did did the whole flowers chocolates thing. You know, classic. Uh, and then we're gonna go out to dinner on Friday. Nice. Part of that's just completely my fault for waiting too long to get a reservation. And so the place that we wanted to go, I looked like last week and it was Tough. long, long gone. What's the place? Uh, Tula on the square. Oh, yeah. Have you yeah, been? Yeah. I haven't been. Place is good. Place is really good. It looks fun in there. It is fun. It's a, that's like Lauren's favorite place. So okay, we're going on Friday. Well, I have to go now. It, it's like a Latin place. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. It's like upscale Latin Shoot. Which just sounds fancy. Yeah, it does. <laughs> and so uh, if you listened last week, this whole season we are doing, we're answering questions that you have asked. So last week we talked about what is heaven going to be like? And this week we're, at ta- we're talking about a question that has also been asked multiple, multiple times. And it's having to do with Catholicism. And the way that it was worded, what some people asked 
essentially are are Catholics going to heaven? What's the difference between Catholicism and and Protestants? Like, what do we need to know about? Like, talk to me about Catholicism. Um, and so that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to talk about the origins of Catholicism, where where it started, where it is today. What are some of the pitfalls that that we see, and whether or not we're going to see them in heaven. Mm-hmm. And so lots of good, lots of good stuff today. And so let's, let's start with kind of how did Catholicism come about? Yeah. Catholicism uh, one is a very ancient part of the church. Um, and again, we'll get into kind of what, what does the church mean? Um, but it, it started really out of the need for like organization and leadership as the church started to grow in the first few centuries, like Jesus, Pentecost, the earliest church, as it started to grow, um, there all of a sudden were these like groups of believers and they kind of started to go out all over the place. You'd find them in, you know, near Israel, Palestine, they'd be going further West, eventually Mm -hmm. into like what we would now call Europe. It'd be North Africa, all around that area of the world. More and more believers were coming about organization needed to be happen and leadership structures and things like that, which is where you start to get bishops um, and archbishops and basically trying to keep the church unified in teaching and in leadership and just making sure that um, there are not sections of believers who are falling outside of being shepherded basically was the idea. And so um, a Catholic tradition holds that Peter ended up in Rome and kind of became the Bishop of Rome. That's more tradition. There's not like a whole lot of evidence that would say that's really necessarily what happened, but that's where a Catholic tradition starts to bring in the idea of eventually what we'll get to is the Pope. Mm -hmm. And so that happens for a few centuries. And when you get to the fourth century, um, all of a sudden the Roman emperor becomes a Christian, (laughs) which is the, it's a flip. I mean, it had not been that since, um, since Christianity began, since people started following Jesus. And whenever he became um, the Christian is under Constantine, who is the Roman emperor, uh, it made Christianity kind of the official religion of the whole Roman empire, which is wild. Um, And as soon as that happened, there's some good and bad that came from that. Good in some instances is like, hey, there's way less like violent persecution, especially from the government um, towards Christians. But it also introduced political power at the highest level being integrated with the church. The church, yeah. Um, and so whenever that, as that started to happen, now you have the church wedded with the Roman Empire. And as soon as the Roman Empire started to decline and things started to get shaky, it caused a lot of disruption in the church and leadership. Um, eventually the Roman um, Empire would, at least the Western part specifically, would, there's a... West and Eastern Roman Empire kind of looked different, especially later on in its history. As the Western started to fall and to deteriorate, um, the the church kind of went went the same way a little bit. And eventually that would play out over a, f- a few more centuries until you get to, um, what's the date, like 10, 1054. And now the church, which has grown to be huge, s- experiences this split. And so predominantly you have um, what we now call the Western Roman Catholic Church, which is part, it's all centered around Rome and the Western part of the Roman Empire. And then you have the Eastern 
part, which would be considered, they call it, it's called Orthodox, the Orthodox Church. And they do things a little bit different. There's a lot of similarities there, but they're split right down the middle. But it's primarily because Rome ended up splitting down the middle, east and west. And so the Catholic Church started out as it wouldn't even be identified as what we think of Roman Catholic. It's it w- just a collection of churches and the leadership. Yeah. The church had, had grown to a size where they said, hey, we need we need order mm-hmm. and structure to what's going on here. Yeah, I would say now flash forward several centuries later, and what m- more people are familiar with is kind of this split, or we would call it the Reformation. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what were the biggest pushbacks, like let's say like with Martin Luther, Reformation, I know now we're flashing forward what to like the 1600s, mm-hmm. like 15, 1600s. Yeah. So what were the biggest pushbacks against the Roman Catholic Church by, by that point? Yeah. Yeah. So the Roman Catholic Church, again, this is West, it's Europe, but then it's obviously gone into other parts of the world. Um, you still have a dynamic where the church itself holds a lot of social and political power. Um, a huge dynamic that like Luther and some of these, like the big reformer names, along with a bunch of other people we don't really talk about, they, <laughs> they were a part of it too. Um, they were, a lot of it came from as they were being faithful followers of Jesus. Like they were integrated, they were a part of the church, they were serving um, in like a formal capacity. They were reading the scriptures. They kind of started to realize that some teachings and practices that were happening within the church at a formal level um, a lot of them around uh, the idea of like grace and what we would call like justification, yep. how those things work, what happens, what's being taught as far as how people attain those things, experience those things was they they said, hey, this is off what it seems like from what the New Testament is teaching. Um, also some uh, abuses of power within that um, because politically on a state level um there's always politics and money involved Mm -hmm. that was that was very much had leached into like charging people for services of of the church which again we kind of get into how that even works but yeah for forgiveness and these different things and so i got like luther and other guys said hey hey church we need to change some things that he didn't immediately go we're out of here. Like y'all yeah. suck. He was like, no, we collectively as a church need to reform some of this back to what he would say is original accuracy and what should be kind of the way of Jesus and how the church operates. And yeah. he proposed those things, the 99 thesis or 95 thesis. Um, he's like, Hey, here's all my proposals. Let's talk about it. But the leaders of the church in Rome were like, well, he wasn't in Rome at the time he was in Germany, but the Roman church was like, Absolutely not. In fact, you're a heretic. You need to repent. And if not, you're kicked out of the church. Yeah. And he decided, I think the Bible says this, so I'm just going to go ahead and get kicked out, which is kind of where the split happens and Protestantism. And that's a happens. huge point there too. Like the idea that, hey, this is what the Bible says. Because from a high level at that time, the Bible was was essentially only written <clears throat> in like Latin. We had the Vulgate mm-hmm. and the Septuagint in Greek. And so- very few people could actually read that and understand that. In fact, it was mainly like the bishops and the Pope and, and then <clears throat> some other people along along with that. And so that that amplified the ability for them to kind of 
corrupt and and make money off of things and say totally. say what they wanted because there wasn't there wasn't any sort of like fact checking whereas it was just hey they're saying this and so that must be true i can't really check to see if the bible actually says i don't have that i don't have that ability and then on top of that there was this extra authority given to mm-hmm. these bishops and especially to the Pope. I mean, the Pope was essentially like Jesus in the flesh, like his authority given to a single person. Mm-hmm. And so with that came this this potential for, hey, whatever the Pope says is the word of God. Mm-hmm. And you have to take that as it is, which um, again, like that type of power can, can easily corrupt. Yeah. And those are honestly two of the biggest differences that form a lot of just how the Catholic church operates and some of their pitfalls and especially how they are just different than a Protestant denomination. Um, the idea of sufficiency and authority of scripture, which they hold to, it's like scripture's authoritative, mm-hmm. but alongside that, tradition of the sacred Roman Catholic church holds just as much authority. And so whenever you have that belief and dynamic, um, it uh, helps to eventually create things like a doctrine of purgatory, praying through the saints and Mary to God, things that it's kind of hard to see where you would find that in the scripture, but it's because traditionally it came about and it holds just as much weight. And with the idea of how the leadership structure happened around that with the Pope. Um, the, the One of the labels for the Pope is the Vicar of Christ, which is, means like Jesus's replacement on earth as far as leading the church. And with that title comes the uh, basically authority to speak on behalf of what the scriptures are trying to say, what the sacred traditions of the Roman Catholic Church are, and how that influences how Christians ought to live um, even all the way down to like social commentary about what's happening in the world. Mm. And it's binding on a believer. Like if you're a part of the church, whatever is said is binding on you. You should live by that. If not, then you're, you're in sin. You're being disobedient there. So those are, those are two kind of big differences between um, Catholicism and Protestantism. Yeah. And so where, where do we see the, the Catholic church today? If we, if we saw it back in, 400 AD, like 1000 AD, 1600 AD. What's the state of the the Catholic church today? Well, the Catholic church is um, a huge section of the church. And I want to make sure that everybody listening hears this. There are absolutely believers within the Catholic church. Um, I personally know one really well, who is like one of the most faithful followers of Jesus, who is like, very much Catholic um, across the world. The, like the Catholicism has been everywhere. Um, a huge part of that is a combination of the origins just coming out of the growth of the church originally. And that there is like evangelical, not evangelicalism, like we are evangelical, but um, a heart for evangelism yeah. missions, um, pursuits of holiness, all these things. It's just zealous followers of Jesus. Caring for the poor, caring for the, caring poor, for the widows. Totally. And so there's expansion there because of it. Also with Catholicism, there's a, 
there's the political and social aspect too. And so it, it is all over the world. Um, it is one of the largest Christian parts um, uh, as far as like religious denominations or sects go in America. Um, it, I mean, it's literally all over the world. Now there's, I think one of the biggest d- things to consider is that um, if if somebody or a group is like completely sold out on verbatim all Catholic doctrines as they are written according to the Vatican, which is the central leadership. It's in Rome. That's where the Pope is. Um, There are some big pitfalls, including some ideas about what grace is, how we are justified before God, stuff like that, that could be kind of dicey as to, okay, what are you putting your faith in? Yeah. Um, However, there are a lot of people who are like, again, that I know who are Catholic who hold to a lot of Catholic doctrine, but they actually might explain it differently than what's verbatim verbatim written. Um, And so there's some things that are pitfalls and and maybe some things that I would say are even, that's not lined up with the gospel, but that doesn't make the entire church as in like the people who embody the church, like completely discounted Mm -hmm. if, if you were a part of that. Yeah. I like how you put that book out. I think it is important to know that while this may not have been intentional, there is a bit of a distinction between um, Catholicism and the the doctrines that are taught and the doctrines that are um, uh, deemed authoritative versus the maybe maybe people who practice Catholicism. Um, that can look a little different. And and what I mean by that is, um, yeah, like you said, Jacob, like you have a friend who is the most faithful follower of Jesus. Um, if someone believes that it is by grace through faith that you are saved and they, they believe Jesus is who he says he is and did what he said he would do, you are saved. Like you are a follower of Jesus. Um, the, where it gets a little complicated is within um, some of the the councils and just some of the the authority structures within the Catholic Church. That's where we see some issues where there are distinctions between Protestantism and Catholicism. And that main one we talked about earlier, the authority structure within Catholicism is threefold, right? Like just like us, like we hold to scripture as authoritative, but Protestantism would claim it's only scripture. That is where our authority comes from. Whereas Catholicism would say it's scripture, but also the magisterium, which is like their teaching authority, the Pope, um, but also sacred tradition. So what you were talking about with like church fathers, history, things like that. And um, that's where as Protestants, speaking from a, a Protestant perspective, right? That's that's who we're talking to with most of our students. Um we would claim, no, we, we go to scripture and hold that as our, our reference point for how to follow Jesus, what we believe, things like that. And then you, you tend to get other things like the doctrine of purgatory and indulgences and things like that, that aren't talked about in, in scripture. Um, those are more in like the, the inner canonical or the inner, um, testamental like texts that, that Catholicism holds to. Um, and so even if you look at our Bibles, uh, Catholicism will have a few extra books in, in a Catholic Bible than a Protestant Bible. Um, and so the, there are some differences there, but I think it is really important just to circle back around to what you had said, book out. Like if someone believes that it is by faith, uh, that it is, it is um, uh, by grace through faith, they know Jesus. And just like... Um, within the Protestant tradition, if someone doesn't believe that it is by grace through faith, 
then they don't know the gospel. And we can see people within our churches that don't truly understand the gospel, um, just like within Catholicism, we can see people that don't truly understand the gospel. And so I think I've heard recently within, um, maybe just from students or just within like people in my circles, like almost this like demonization of Catholicism. And I think we have to remember, we came from it. Like, yeah, there's like, a lot of really <laughs> sweet things. Yeah, this is our history. And um, and there are people in both camps that ha- can have a misunderstanding of the gospel. And so we need to be mindful of that and and have a lot of grace in our conversations um, when we're talking with people who who differ from us. Yeah, that's good. And I think I think the most important part, again, this podcast is not about let's figure out who who's in heaven and, and who's not. And yeah. let's go around and tell people, Hey, you know, because of this background, you're, you know, you're going to hell. Like that is, that is not the point of this podcast. We had a lot of students actually ask about this. And so the point is that is to see throughout church history, these major pitfalls, right. To see, Hey, here's where they, they went astray from who Jesus said he is and, and what, what it looks like to follow him and to be with him and to believe in him. And let's check our own hearts, our own beliefs, and make sure that, okay, we're actually aligned with with Jesus. We're aligned with with scripture. And so I, th- I feel like that, at the end of the day, is if you're listening to this, this is not about you finding your Catholic friends and starting some sort of like argument and trying to call call them out. This is first and foremost about you walking in a in a manner that is <clears throat> that is worthy of Jesus. And so where will there be Catholics in heaven? Yes, 100%. We'll see plenty of brothers and sisters in in the Catholic Church um that are in heaven that have said, "Hey, I f- I follow Jesus um that I'm saved by grace alone through faith alone in in Jesus alone. Yeah. I want to offer to you a really quick reference that's like super easy read, but it has been the best best source that I've found on this. And it's written by Chris Costaldo and he was a former Catholic, um, but he wrote a really beautiful short book uh, talking about the differences between Catholicism and Protestantism. And it's called Talking with Your Catholic Friends About the Gospel, or I think it's Talking with Catholics About the Gospel, sorry. And, um, and he just does a really great job of um, I think just being respectful <laughs> and being true to the beliefs of both of these um, different denominations, uh, different uh, groups. And, and I think sometimes we can kind of get on our high horse and um, get a little bit entitled in the way that we speak about things. And I think he does a really great job of navigating that. So that's a really good book if you ever want to learn more about Catholicism and Protestantism. Mm, that's good. And have conversations with your Catholic friends, not in in an argumentative way, but in a curious way and, and get to know them and understand what they believe and, and why they believe. And so next week, we're kind of shifting the lens just a little bit. And instead of talking about Catholicism, we'll be talking about Mormonism and, and how we view the, the church of Latter-day Saints. Mm-hmm. And so until then, grace, grace and, and peace. peace.